0: Gentlemen, boys, and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the We Hate Sports Podcast. Tuning in from you guys in my room for tonight. Uh, But today, this week, in this episode, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, guys, because guess what? This week, the FL is officially back, which means a whole lot of segments are officially back this week. Uh, So we have a plenty, plentiful episode planned out for you tonight but first let's get to the rest of crew. the rest of the crew starting with my fellow co-host ck
1: yeah like pc said nfl season officially back in three days bro um i mean there's really nothing else to say to that i think we're all super excited this is the this is the moment that the nfl season ended the the, the day that the super bowl ended the day after we all craved more nfl football that we could not get until this moment thursday night ladies and gentlemen it's finally here
0: All right, and we got the host of CFB Talk, Sean.
2: Great to be here. Great to be here for CFB Talk after we had finally week one of college football. Super exciting week. So many big games. Game of the year, possibly already. Very excited to talk about that. And then, of course, as TK and uh, PC both just said, week one, NFL finally has arrived. We're so close to Thursday night. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to get back into the swing of things. Football is officially back, and I I couldn't be any more excited.
0: All right, and finally for tonight, we have Gianni.
3: Yeah, football is finally back. It's week one. It's going to be an amazing season overall. I'm ready for Thursday night. We're three days away. Basically, I think 72 hours away, so we're almost there. We're almost there. Three more days.
0: This Thursday night, we see the return of football. The defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Uh, That's Thursday night. Uh, Let's focus on what is in front of us tonight. Uh, Tonight, like I mentioned, we have the return of a few segments, WHS Locks and Shocks, for tonight uh so definitely stay tuned for that and a huge announcement that we have in store for the implications of locks and shocks this year uh cfb talk with sean we have our weekly questions and our weekly hot takes grab yourself a nice snack wherever you like to to munch on when you listen to your favorite podcasts and tune in uh and of course follow us on our socials our twitter instagram at whs underscore podcast in our youtube and tiktok at we hate sports on our youtube this week uh we will be posting all of our picks that we have set up uh for essentially the rest of the nfl season as soon as it starts um so definitely tap in for that um and of course tap into the latest episode of we hate more sports uh that was uh that is going to drop that is going to drop i just realized i didn't upload that there but That is going to be dropped uh, this week as well, as well as episode 10, uh, and stay tuned to the end of the episode for an update uh, on the uh, episode 10 of We Hate More Swords. Uh, Without further ado, we are going to jump into our first segment here, which is going to be WHS NFL Season 2 of Locks and Shucks. Now, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, if you're a bang person, but either way we did it last season where we had two games that we picked that we knew for sure the teams were going to win two locks and a game where we thought this team has a really good chance to shock the entire world and upset the favorites our shock so we're keeping up that same idea that same momentum uh for this season now what's so different about season two of WHSFL locks and shocks this season It's going to be a lot more competitive this season there's something on the line and i am very happy to announce that in season two of whs nfl locks and shocks that we will be all representing a charity of our choosing and we'll all be throwing in a money a minimum of at least 150 dollars to will be donated to the charity of our choosing Without further ado, I'm going to uh, jump into my picks and the charity that I chose. Um, so, charity that I chose for Locks and Shocks this year is uh, something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. Charity I chose was the American Cancer Society. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, it was a little over a year ago now that my mom was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer. Um, she is now since recovered and she is in remission and she has been said stage two breast cancer. Um, but obviously, I can't imagine or even wish on my worst enemy or a loved one to have something as scary as cancer in their body. Uh, so that's why uh, I am donating if I do win. Uh, locks and shocks, because I mean, I won it last year. So, you know, I think I have a pretty good chance at defending my title this year. um, I will be donating the money to ACS. Uh, They are the uh, largest uh, cancer organization in the United States. Uh, They've, you know, been in business since 1913 and uh, constantly are providing work to find a cure for cancer. So obviously they're doing something right. Uh, And they represent and uh, hosted the cancer walk that I'm going to be doing in October uh, for my mom as well. Uh, So, yeah, that's why I chose ACS. Uh, So without further ado, let me get into my actual uh, locks and shock for uh, this season. So for my first lock, I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Texans because, yeah, obviously this, this one like in the slate of week one game seems like the most obvious to me. Uh, the Ravens, hey, if we're going to see what this team is made of and if they can stay healthy for most of the season, it's going to be in week one. And it's going to be against a uh, rebuilding Texans team. I expect a blowout. Home opener, it should be a blowout. Uh, that's my first luck. My second luck, I'm going to go with the Jaguars over the Colts again. Another AFC South rebuilding team. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson, he's going to you know get a, little, a couple of oohs and ahs from the crowd. Um, but the Jaguars, Jaguars got scary good this offseason. They added Calvin Ridley to the rotation of weapons that they have on offense. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to take a huge jump this season. Um, and the Jags are going to be a team that is going to be a sneaky threat uh, to come out of the AFC this year. That's my second luck. And for my shock of the week, It's a team that I trusted in my shocks last season often, and it's a team that I think a lot of people are still sleeping on this season. I'm going with the Steelers over the 49ers. Um, The Niners, as talented as they are defensively and offensively, it doesn't matter if you don't have an identity in the QB room. And right now, they're putting it looks like that they're putting all their trust in Brock Purdy. Um, but if I knew one thing about the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, is that Mike Tomlin always has an answer uh, to certainly, you know, a quarterback that now teams have tape on. And Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. All right. He has a great system. He has a great talent. Don't get me wrong. Great system, great talent, great players all around him. Uh, but it won't mean much if Mike Tomlin forces Brock Purdy to put the team on his back and with this talented defense that the Steelers have T.J. Watt um led by T.J. Watt and the offense and natural chemistry that I've seen from the preseason between Kenny Pickett George Pickens and his weapons I think the Steelers are going to shock the world once again and pull out the upset giving 23-20 over the 49ers all right uh so we'll go with you next Sean Name your donation, or excuse me, name your charity, and your locks and shucks.
2: All right. so first off, the charity that I did end up going with was Feeding America, feeding, of course, the hungry, the starving, trying to end, uh, elite, not world hunger necessarily, but hunger in America. Uh, I definitely think that's a huge charity. I think it's one of the biggest ones in the country, not the world, and I think it would be a great cause if I can win this, if I can pull this one out to donate towards. Starting off with my picks, uh, I'm gonna go with my locks of the week first. First one, I'm gonna I did one of the same as you. I went with the Baltimore Ravens over the Houston Texans at home for the Ravens. Uh, this should be an easy win. The Ravens are starting off the season healthy. My biggest concerns about the Ravens are maybe down the road, are they going to be able to stay healthy? But week one, they're healthy. Uh, Lamar is looking to prove himself. He's trying to start an MVP caliber season. Uh, the defense has been revamped. The wide receivers have been revamped. I think there should be an absolute domination by the Baltimore Ravens. And if it's not, they will certainly have a lot of questions to answer. Um, my second lock of the week. I ended up going with the Minnesota Vikings over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has less to do with the Minnesota Vikings than it does to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I just think are going to be absolutely terrible this season. Not a big fan of their coaching staff not certainly not a big fan of their quarterback baker mayfield is arguably the worst starting quarterback in the nfl this upcoming season their offensive line is immense their only good starter outside of tristan worse ryan jensen is probably out for the rest of his career which is such a sad story that he ended up pushing through injuries to try to help the run last season just for them to not do anything and now it's for his career to be over Um, yeah, so I I just don't trust the Buccaneers at all. The defense should be pretty solid. The wide receivers, as we know, Chris Evans, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Um, yeah, so them two are still studs, but the Buccaneers as a team are just going to be absolutely terrible. I think they're probably going to be the worst offense in the entire NFL. And the Vikings, who I don't trust, who I don't think are going to make the playoffs, so then, again, certainly not winning 13 games again, I still think this is an easy win for them. Finally, my shock of the week, I'm going to go the New York Jets, over the Buffalo Bills. Desi, I am so sorry. I do believe in the Bills this season. I do think the Bills will still win the division. But Aaron Rodgers, his first game at home. First first real game as a New York Jet at home in MetLife. Um, it's a division game. Division games at home week one. Usually that does help out. Usually it is a big advantage. It's going to be a very close game. I certainly would not be surprised to see the Bills take this. But i got to give it to the Jets. I do think... They are a very... I, I think having them under, as the underdog is fair, but a very talented underdog who has a great chance of stealing this one.
0: All right, battling up. It's uh, TK. I just wanted to say one
1: thing before I uh, come out to... It. So, Sean, you said... Baker Mayfield the worst quarterback in the NFL? You don't th- you don't th- I mean Joshua Dobbs Desmond, in Arizona, you don't think Joshua that. Dobbs. I
2: yeah, so I said one of. I didn't say the, No 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 you, you, um, you said the you said probably
1: the worst I, I, quarterback I, in the NFL. That's what you said. I might have said arguably you, the no, no, arguably you said the, the worst. You said you
2: said the, the, I might the, have said the, arguably the worst. But yes, you're right, Joshua. But like if you consider when they're healthy, Kyler Murray, uh wh- who should be healthy at least by the end of the season. Then it's a debate between, like, uh, I don't know, Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter. So certainly not a very fun list.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No bad, no bad. All right, so um, I really like the charities that you guys decided to go with. I, I kind of went, I guess, a different way. Um, everybody knows Luna. Um, I found Luna outside my window crying, so I decided to go with the uh, the Every, Every Cat Health Foundation. Uh, it's, it's a charity that was founded in 1968. Uh, they do funding for research in the cat health and they're the largest nonprofit funding for feline research. Um yeah, you guys know that's my baby, so I decided to do something for her. Um so let's go ahead and get into these locks and shocks. So
3: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes even the devil has a good heart. But yeah, so let me go, let me get in with this first lock. Um, I think it was obvious. We all went with the Ravens over the Texans. I personally think this is going to be a blowout. Lamar Jackson finally got his contract. Uh, you bring in guys like Zay Flowers, or Dale Beckham Jr. I just think this offense is going to be extremely high-powered, and it's going to be it's going to be a great way for the Ravens to start off the type of offense and the type of season that they want to have against against a team like the Texans that's going to be that I think is just going to struggle all season uh give me 37 17 uh Ravens number two I actually me and Sean actually decided to go the same route with the Vikings and the Bucks. except I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be that but I actually have them getting us getting that last wild card spot in the NFC but we'll have that conversation on TK's tier list as you know PC forgot, kind of forgot to mention that you know that'll be back next week ladies and gentlemen officially you know I know you guys missed that but yeah. Yeah, give me the Vikings, 24 bucks, 23. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think Bucks will be in it, but I just think the Vikings are just so much better. And I think we're going to get one of those freakish games from uh, JJ that uh, we're so accustomed to seeing every single season from that dude. And uh, for my shock, I'm actually surprised nobody said this, but I decided to go with the Lions over the Chiefs. Um me and PC, we've been kind of uh, in, in Gianni to some sort. We've kind of been higher on the Lions. We kind of jumped the gate a little bit. We, we predicted them to be where we wanted them to be a season too early. Maybe I think this is the season that the Lions finally make some noise. Uh, and, and I think the biggest thing for them, they'll, make, they'll be in the playoffs this year. Um, but I'm going to go Lions 28, Chiefs 24. I understand that is in Arrowhead. Uh, that's a really hard place to win. But like I said, I mean, it's the first game of the season. A lot of teams are going to be kind of rusty a little bit. And I think that you can be able to catch a team like the Chiefs who you won't be able to catch them off guard in the middle and towards the end of the season. I think you can catch them off in the beginning of the season with that first game. So give me the Lions over the Chiefs. Um, I think this will officially be the beginning of, um, like I said, the type of season that me, PC, uh, and Gianni expected the Lions to have last year. Like I said, I think we just jumped the ball a year too early, but I think this is the type of, this is the type of season that they'll um, have that a lot of people predicted. Uh, for them to have this season, I mean, and obviously the Lions fans believe it as they've already they officially sold out every single season ticket for the entire year. So, um, yeah, Lions football's gonna—they're they're, they're gonna be very fun to
0: watch this season. Chris Jones potentially holding out on the Chiefs too plays a massive factor. Absolutely, uh, that pass defense is going to—it's going to get expensive. Sean, um,
1: Sean will tell you, P.C.R. Uh, you know, he—he's—he's a—he's a huge golf hater, but. Sean, tell, tell the listeners how good Jared Goff is when you give him time to total football.
2: I wouldn't say I'm a Goff hater. I'm just realistic with what he is, which is not a
0: great quarterback. Well, eh, whatever, I, whatever. I, actually, I, I'll do you one better, TK. Name the last time. Who won in the last shootout between Jared Goff and Patrick Holmes? I know you remember that. Oh, man. Time. That, the that, that. Goes,
2: geez, game of the decade, greatest. That might still yeah, be the greatest. It's still my, still my yeah, favorite regular season. Might be season the greatest
1: game I've ever seen of all time, bro.
2: But yeah, golf with that O line and get the Chiefs with that D line. He's he's gonna have a ton of time in the pocket, and especially with this being a Thursday night game. Thursday nights always get wonky. I could absolutely see the Detroit line. I very much consider picking this as my the week. I could
3: absolutely valid, see Detroit that's Island, this.
0: That's a valid shock, honestly. Um, Gianni,
3: um, my charity yeah. is the Salvation Army. Um, I want to help, you know, people in need. There's been an issue. I feel. Even with the pandemic and everything, people like families are having issues and stuff. So I would like to you know, help out and everything. It, it was something that I've been thinking about for, for already like over a year or two. So that that's something that, that I take pride on. And for my picks, the lock, my first lock of the week is gonna be the commanders over the Cardinals. We, we, we know about the Cardinals, honestly. They're going to be a mess. They're probably going to go 0-17. I wouldn't say they're guaranteed to go 0-17, but Joshua Dobbs is their starting quarterback against that defense. And I don't think – I think he's going to have a hard time against that defense. But Washington – isn't Washington the game? And the Cardinals, I think, are like 10 points underdog. So this is going to be a wipeout completely. I think it's going to be like 21 points or something like that. So – I gotta go with the Commanders over the Cardinals. The second lock of the week, you guys said it before, Ravens over the Texans. CJ Shroud is gonna have a hard time going into that environment in Baltimore. That's a tough place to, to win in, especially early in the season. Week one, kickoff, young rookie quarterback to start the season. That That's not a great recipe for a week one start. And for my upset of the week, I'm gonna go with the Lions and the Chiefs. I agree with, with that because the Chiefs are missing Chris Jones. They're not gonna be able to pass rush, get to golf too much. I think it's gonna be like a shootout because I'm not sure about the Lions' defense being as good. You know, if they 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 did some moves to improve their defense, but I think early on they're gonna you know struggle finding their ways and everything. So I think the Lions um, beat them in a shootout. I think it's gonna be. 41 to 38.
0: All right. Fallen enough. fell enough. I think we got some ballots. Week one picks. Um, Once again, like I said, week one uh, pick or week one locks and shocks will uh, be represented from each of us, including Tolu and Desi. um, in a video that will be put out before uh, Thursday night football game. NFL is back officially, guys. We finally made it. We finally made it. Uh, So definitely go and subscribe to our YouTube channel for that. Okay, so with all that in mind, let's head now to our weekly questions. So, of course, first we have to talk about what I really want to talk about, um, and that's Sheriff Coach Prime and his Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, they went to Texas Chapel, uh, TCU, uh, the Royal ups national championship this past year, and won in the season number 45 to 42, to being number 17 team in the nation. With this win, Colorado snapped a 27-game road-losing streak against an AP Top 20 opponent and are tied for the same amount of wins as they had last season. They finished 1-11 last year. Could Deion Sanders and Colorado be college football playoff contenders? TK, I'll go with you first.
1: So you guys kind of know I was a little high on Colorado. People kind of call me crazy because I said
0: uh, this is a team I think could win
1: seven games before they face TCU. I think we had to talk about this in the in the group chat Friday that Friday or Thursday. I said this is a team, you know, I think they could go out there and win seven games, and I understand that you know Deion Sanders and and, and these and these some of these players that he brought from Jackson State. Um, they've never played the type of FBS competition that they were going to you know, face, <clears throat> especially against a TCU team that I understand isn't the same national champion or team that made it to the nat- to the national championship last year. But at the end of the day, they were still a ranked team. Uh, Colorado, like PC said, they were one in eleven last season. Uh, this is a this is a very bad team. Uh, Dion comes in there, and, he, and, and a lot of people. Made national media because of Deion Sanders goes in there and kind of forces a lot of these players out and brings in his own players. Um, which I, I personally didn't think was a bad thing because at the end of the day, that's that's just Deion recruiting, at, and I think that's what college football is all about. Um, he just did it in a different way, and it wasn't as popular with you know a lot of these kids' parents and a lot of the people that say, Oh, you know, these guys are blah blah blah. It doesn't matter, transfer portal exists at the end of the day, these kids will go play somewhere else. So I really did not care. Um, but look, man. Forty-five, forty-two. Like I said, against the ranked number seventeen, TCU. I, I. Look, man, I believe PC. I believe, bro, Deion Sanders. Um, he's proven. I think the most important thing that Deion Sanders proved was that he belonged. Um, that was that was a huge question for Deion Sanders. Could he could he go out there and look like a FBS um, head coach for a college, for a real college football team? That's where he's playing equal and better competition. At uh, Jackson State, we all know Deion Sanders is his player. Jackson State was the best, was the greatest thing in HBCU when it came to uh, sports and football. Um, but man, I mean, this dude, his—I mean, his son Sanders, bro. Thirty-eight to forty-seven, five hundred ten yards, four touchdowns, eighty percent completion percentage, bro. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that can go out there and throw for five hundred yards and complete eighty percent of their passes with no turnovers at all, bro. Uh, the running back Edwards, one hundred fifty-nine yards combined, he had four touchdowns. But the story of the day for me, honestly, even with the 510 yards, 80% completion percentage, even with the running back getting 159 yards combined with the four touchdowns, on both. Travis Hunter is him. This kid is different, bro. He is different. 11 catches, 119 yards, three tackles, and we all saw the interception that this kid that literally died. For, he looked like the wide receiver on that play, bro. Like, it is absolutely insane, bro, and honestly, I said they could win seven games. PC, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, bro. I honestly think this is a team that they could. I think, all right, so next they have Nebraska. I don't know how you guys feel. I think this is a game that they could, I'm not going to say they could easily go out and win, but I think this is a game they can go out and win. So you're looking at 2-0. I think their biggest test is going to be September 30th when they face Caleb Williams and USC. And Sean, I would love to hear what you would have have to say about that because, honestly, I think that is when people are going to realize and we'll all see that Colorado is legit. Um, I think it's going to take a national game like that against a player like Caleb Williams, who we all know is going to be the number one draft pick in in, in the draft this season. Um, But I think it's going to take beating a team like that. Oregon's in that. I think they played Oregon the week before, who's also ranked. What Oregon, is, I kind of view them kind of like, TCU, kind of in a way, um, they're a, they're a pretty good team. They're not bad, um, but I, I don't look at them how I look at a team like USC. USC is the team that that Colorado legitimately has a chance to go out there and beat. And if they beat this team, I think people will start taking Deion Sanders and Colorado serious. If you're not taking them serious now, but I do believe that Deion Sanders can go out there and this team to compete for a national championship uh, and make the playoffs. Um, it's just really going to the, the defense. That's, that's, what I, that's what I want to talk about a little bit, PC. That defense is very, very bad. Um, so this is an offense that's just going to have to go out there and put up a lot of points. But the thing is, I think they're capable of doing it. Um, when you put up, like I said, you go out there, you put up 45 week one. Um, I don't think they'll have to go out there and put up 45 every single week. But I do think they'll have to be somewhere around 28 to 30 points uh, to be able to keep in the game. Because honestly, they're gonna, I don't think they have to run the table. Um... Because a team like LSU lost who a lot of people thought could be in the playoffs as well. So, um the is gonna be very interesting. Colorado is gonna be very interesting. Like I said, I, I, I had them win in seven games. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sound crazy here, but give me ten ten wins for Colorado with the chance to make the playoffs. Um and yeah, man, Colorado football is gonna be very, very fun to watch this year. It's must see T V.
3: When I saw this team um Saturday afternoon, they were actually really really good i i was not too high on them because i was like looking into colorado and i said you know they went one in 11 last season i know they're going to be better but i don't know about seven eight wins to ten wins maybe they can get seven eight wins but like this team is gonna be so much fun to watch like even like before the game started like you, you can feel the hype and everything about this team that, and, and his son, too, Deion's son, is a pretty good player, honestly. Like, that was uh, a masterpiece of performance by him. One thing, too, you know, like with the upcoming schedule, like what TK said, see that's going to be a big-time matchup that I think everybody has to see because that that's going to be fireworks because, you know, Colorado's defense is not – that good I feel, so like that that is going to be a pretty good matchup. It's going to be a pretty high scoring game just like this game, uh, this past Saturday. You can also say to the Oregon game as well. It's going to be a high scoring game as well, like like that. I I just like the the team the way they um came out there and they set the tone early because early on I'm not sure if you guys like we're seeing they went up like fourteen or nothing or something like that or they went up. By fourteen at one point, so they said like a tone early on, Gianni. And that kind of like helped them throughout. They could have been yeah. up
1: twenty-eight zero to be honest, if if those two passes to Travis Hunter aren't overthrown. Like that's—I don't think people are understanding how, like, legit Colorado looked offensively in that game, bro. But go ahead.
3: Yeah, they looked legit offensively. I, I'm just like like you said, their defense is worrisome. I feel, but like maybe throughout the season they find ways to you know get better um you know look at coverages try to change their coverage and see if they can you know tighten it up a little bit and see if they they can just improve throughout the season because I think throughout the season they're gonna have you know their moments their that defense so like you know the stop they had this past Saturday was like huge like I think it was the fourth down and nine, and the guy was trying to dive for the first down and fell short. like those are things that you know you could look at the film and say, you can like go through that and take it to the next game or you can actually like build some momentum off that. And I feel like that defense, you know is going to have their, their moments. but I think these teams like Oregon and I'm not sure who else they're playing that's really, really good in their schedule. That, those are the games that we're going to see. They're going to be tested a lot, and we're going to see what they're made of. Um,
2: yeah, so obviously this was a massive win for Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, just incredibly – like, I I'm also was pretty high on Colorado coming into the season. I wasn't there when they were having that chat in, in the chat about Colorado. I know we had Lee hating on them like crazy saying, what did he say, four or five wins?
3: And like acting said, like 7-8 wins was completely wins. outrageous. Three, three wins.
2: wins, yeah. Lee was not very high on this team. Uh, I, I, I was always pretty high. I don't know if I expected them to win week one against a ranked TCU. They definitely surprised me there. But I did have some faith in Colorado. However, when it comes to just competing for the college football playoffs, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I still think they're a few years away. They need to build up that defense. I think as good as the offense is, as good as Hunters, as good as Sanders is, that duo is so dynamic, so much fun to watch. I think they're going to be competing against each other in the Heisman race all season. However, unfortunately, I do think, you know, the Pac-12 is very good this year. They got, they've got they got Utah on the schedule. they got Oregon on the schedule. they got USC on the schedule. I think all three of those are losses, to be honest. I think all three are better than TCU. I'm not sure if TCU, being a top-20 team, I think it's probably more based off what they did last season than what they were coming into this season. So I do think they're going to have a lot of their own problems. That doesn't change the fact this is still a massive win for Colorado and a great start to Deion Sanders' career here. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure if I'm there when it comes to competing for the playoffs, but I do think this is going to be a very fun team to watch all season. And I, I just don't know how you can't root for them. There's so much fun personalities, so many amazing talents, and they're just going to get better year after year. I think Deion Sanders even said a post game, the future Travis Hunters are watching Travis Hunter. They're going to want to play for Deion. They're going to want to play for Colorado. So Colorado's got a very bright future. I just think this season they're going to come up a little bit short of being in that true contender race for the college football playoffs. Next season, when we go to 12 teams, I could absolutely see them in there. But for being in the top four, or even being in the race in the top four, I think it's a little bit of a stretch this early in Deion Sanders' career as a coach.
0: Alluding well, to what you said about TCU, Sean, you know, TCU, they were in national championship last year, yes, but they lost all the hot soggers from that team. And because of it, they, they started off in the middle of the pack and they be top 25. And, you know, you see how desolate that defense has become. You know, there's only, like, one really standout guy that, that Coach Prime was recruiting after the game. Funny enough, um, but just to read off, I'm not gonna you know dive you know too deep into you know, how I feel about this Colorado team. I'm not one of those guys. That I'm just excited to see what this team does. I think we can all agree that at least for the last twenty years, Colorado's football program has been bad. Like they were really, really bad last year. Only one win, and I think every loss that they had, they were getting blown out by at least twenty points coach prime has come in he already had four guys that went over 100 yards in this season opener uh, his son shadir sanders 38 for 47 510 passing yards four touchdowns no turnovers dylan edwards 159 combined yards rushing and receiving with four touchdowns uh, jimmy horn jr 11 catches 117 yards and a touchdown and of course Travis Hunter, who is quite literally, he looked like he looked like Michigan Charles Woodson out there this past Saturday uh, with the defensive interception and eleven catches for 119 yards as a receiver. The future is so high for Colorado, and I think that's what people needed to see. You know, Coach Prime saw the vision before we any of us did. We just had to follow through, and he was calling out a lot of the reporters. That did not see the vision. Well, at least for one week, I think he's gained at least one or two new followers after what we saw. Uh, But now we need to see it on a uh, bigger scale and, you know, respectfully with a uh, much better team than TCU is this year. Uh, So definitely we will be seated for that game again for the games against Oregon, USC, um, and Utah. So yeah, Uh, let's go to the next question here. Uh, back to the pros, NFL, and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they are coming off a 5-12 and year last year as the worst record for a team that previously won a Super Bowl in NFL history. Um, should the Rams consider treating guys like Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Seppard? Uh Sean, let's start with you on this one.
2: So, with some of these guys, I'm not even sure if they can trade them. I'm not super familiar with their cap hits and their dead cap. But I would imagine at least one or two, especially Stafford. I'm pretty sure is on a brand new deal. I don't think his contract is tradable at this point. However, the overall point is that, yes, the Rams, if they have veterans that can be traded, they really need to start selling them off. You got your Super Bowl from this. This is going to be the question Joe, Would you rather your team win a Super Bowl and be bad for 10 years? Or would you rather your team just be a contender for 10 years, but not in the Super Bowl. I think a lot of Rams fans were pretty happy with that Super Bowl, so I'm not sure if they take it another way. But you are where you are now. I really think you, this is, you need to hit the reset button. This roster is absolutely decimate. Um, it has zero depth. The defense outside of the star players like Aaron Donald has almost no talent. This is going to be a very bad team despite the fact they might even not even be the worst team in their division because of the Cardinals. However, overall, they are still going to be very bad. Um, and if they can trade Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup and get appropriate value, stack up draft picks, start the rebuild for Les Snead and Sean McVay to build the roster back up from the bottom, I do think that is the path that they should take. And I think if they do take that and they hit on their draft picks, that's a much quicker path back to the Super Bowl. Than hoping that Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald can recapture the magic. I think you had your run, and I think it's over with. It's time to hit the
3: refresh. I agree with Sean, 100%. I think if they can get value for Donald, for Cup, and any other veterans they have, I think that that's the right approach, honestly. Get as many picks as possible and rebuild as quick as possible if you can try to do you know a quick rebuild and get back maybe to being a contender in a couple of years from now uh... staffers deal um... sean is right that that's a tough deal to actually trade because there's like cap hits and stuff like that that is, is going to make it tough so they're going to be stuck with Stafford for whatever left of his deal basically i think maybe the last year they can cut him or something like that So. Really they need to, to to um reset, rebuild and trade these guys in the deadline before, you know, the deadline pops up and get as many pick as possible. I think for this team when I look at their season and their schedule and the way they look, they're gonna be a six win team, I feel. They're gonna they're gonna be right there like at six wins. I think last season it was five. I think this season will be like six Around there, I I just don't see any more wins. They have a couple of games that they can win. They're going to win two games against the Cardinals. So I'm giving them four other wins after that. So I think 6-11, rebuild, you know, some of this team and try to get as many picks as possible.
1: Yeah, I agree with Sean and Gianni. Um, That window's closed. Got the Super Bowl out of it. You got to I mean you got to one championship. I don't think we expect him in the minute to win any more than the one that they did get. Um, Cooper Cup still has value, Aaron Donald still has value. I don't know what you can do with Matthew Stafford, but you guys just said that as far as the cap hit and all of that. But I mean, you know, maybe there's a way you can, you know, trade Matthew Stafford for Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm pretty sure both teams will be down for new quarterbacks in the franchise. Maybe you can somehow make those numbers work. I don't know. I really don't care. It's not my teams. But Um, Yeah, like I said, Cooper Cup still has value. I think you can get a second or third for him and maybe a player of value back. Uh, Aaron Donald, I don't know. Is Aaron Donald, do you guys still consider Aaron Donald? I kind of think he fell off just a little bit, not much, but I don't think Aaron Donald is.
0: He's still still top-five in this league. Definitely,
1: definitely. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's the same freak of nature that he once was. I guess that's the—I mean, because this dude was just a freak out there, bro. I don't think he's—I just don't think he's that guy anymore. I still think he has a ton of value. Uh, you probably get it. You probably get a team that's dumb enough to give you a first-round pick for him. Um, I'm not sure who, but there's definitely some teams out there that value the tackle, the, the defensive tackle position, and um, what bigger name than a Chris Jones or Aaron Donald, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, like I said, Sean basically touched on it earlier. The future is absolutely effed. Um, and and they, and they and they knew that when they saw their soul for that Super Bowl ring, um, but like I said, it's it's not too late to get a go ahead and just get a jump start on the rebuild. Uh, eventually, it's coming, um, and I think they need to just realize that. Uh, I think the Rams are still thinking that they have a legitimate chance. I understand the NFC is a lot weaker, so maybe they're looking at it like the fans are looking at it and saying, you know, it's wide open after the Eagles and the Niners. But that's just not the case at all with the Rams. Um, so yeah, just go ahead and blow it up. Um, I'm honestly surprised that Sean McVay decided not to retire. Honestly, this team is this team is decimated. This is really bad. Um, like Sean said, they have absolutely no cap room whatsoever. They I don't I don't even think they st- do they even have do they get their first round draft pick back this year? They still don't have a first round. That's insane. How no, they do? How oh, they do? I think they finally okay, so, get it back yeah, this year. <laughs> it seemed like that took forever. So maybe if this team, I mean Sean, what if this team is bad enough and they're in a Caleb Williams stakes? Then,
2: oh, you 100% take Caleb. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm just thinking maybe they're thinking, you know, keep these guys. Maybe we can get a guy like Caleb Williams. And with the, you know, he comes into the league, he immediately has a guy like Cooper Cup who's going to, you know, make his growth a little bit. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just trying to think of something positive for the Rams that they do keep them. Because at the end of the day, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I, I don't think the Rams are there yet. I still think that they're going to keep Cooper Cup, they're going to keep Aaron Donald. They have no choice but to keep Matthew Stafford. So they're just going to run it back with the same team. Um, but like I said, hey, maybe the Rams are bad enough there in the Caleb Williams two stakes. And like I said, if you ended up keeping a guy like Cooper Cup, I mean, like I said, that's just great for the organization because now you have Cooper Cup comparing with Caleb Williams. You still got Aaron Donald on the defensive side. Rams fans, you guys should really love me because I'm just trying to make a bad situation into something good i i I don't know so hopefully that brought you guys some type of hope for the future
0: (laughs) yeah well yeah you're you're better than me tk because um there is no immediate future with la they quite literally sold their souls for one ring which i never understood because, yes, the Super Bowl is prestigious, it's amazing, and every team should strive to win one. But what's the point of that if your future is completely messed up for the next five, six years? You know, when the Rams won that ring, it was great. You accomplished what you set up for. Um, here's the problem. The past five Super Bowl champions, when you look at teams like the Chiefs, Even past five Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowls where they've had teams in them, the Chiefs, the Eagles, um, the um, uh, give me a team here, guys, uh, the 49ers, like they have all had a future set up like they're not completely selling their souls and trading away multiple first round picks almost every single year in the future just to win now. You know, this is still a great team with a lot of great players on it. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald being, you know, for starters. Um, but the O line is still completely messed up. Matthew Stafford is still probably going to have a miserable time this year with his shoulder. Even a guy like Cooper Cup has a setback in his hamstring injury. And Aaron Donald's not getting any younger. And there's nobody else even worth mentioning that's name worthy on that defense more so for the LA Rams <laughs> you're you're going to be in purgatory for a while and what you reap is what you sow I just hope they got what they wanted out of it because yeah that team is not going to be good for many years to come does anybody remember what they got
1: in the Jalen Ramsey trade was it, was it a first round pick second round third
3: I think it was a third oh, round God. pick in offensive linemen
1: oh god okay Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah. captain
0: stenson bennett stenson Mm -hmm. bennett with their what their first pick in the third round this year 35 year old that's where you're at nice
1: nice that's
0: where you're at Rams fans hope you enjoy purgatory all right third bio question here uh so let's go from one bad nfc west scene to another um the cardinals they are it looks like they are indeed taking and uh, it seems mm-hmm. that they're going to likely end up with the number one overall pick this year in Caleb Williams, uh, you know, because Jonathan Gannon has still yet to name a starting quarterback for the week one matchup against the Commanders. He wants a quote unquote competitive advantage against uh, their week one opponent. Uh, so if they do end up with the first overall pick and they do select Caleb Williams, which NFL team should Kyler Murray seek a trade to? Gianni, let's start with you.
3: I'm going to say this team because I don't know what they're going to do with Dak Prescott. I'll probably say maybe the Cowboys because what they're going to do with Dak Prescott and I don't know what they're going to do with Trey Lance because, you know, Trey Lance, they trade for Trey Lance, but, you know, he's a mess of a quarterback. I don't know if they can fix him. And then you look at Dak, he's just throwing multiple interceptions. I think Kyler Murray would be, I think, fine, a fine fit there. The other team that could trade for him, that if they don't know their quarterback is of the future, really, is maybe the Commanders with Sam Howell. If they don't think he's the guy, I think maybe Murray gets traded over there. I, I just it, It's tough to find a fit. I'm not sure with you guys, but I, I find it hard, I feel. like I think it's going to be one of those two teams because those teams, I think, are going to have so many quarterback question marks. I think they're going to take a shot at Kyler Murray.
1: All right. Well, I guess since we're giving two answers, I guess, you know, I, I agree with what Gianni said the first time. I've talked about this plenty of time with you guys, so you already know. Uh, I talked about the, a deck for Kyler Murray trade somehow, some way, just a swap basically. But, yeah, I think the, the Dallas Cowboys would be the perfect situation. Would be a perfect situation with Kyler Murray. Um, he's behind a very – one of the best offensive – he would be behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, we all know how stout that defensive is. I don't know how I feel about Mike McCarthy calling plays. Uh, some people are a little bit higher than Mike McCarthy than I am. Uh, I just personally think we're not in 2012 anymore, and he's just, he's just way too old school for the new era of football that we're in now. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. But, um, yeah, like I said, stout, extremely stout defense, great offensive line. Uh, you got C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks on the side on, on, on opposite sides of the field. Uh, we all know what Tony Pollard is uh, in the backfield. i uh, just, just a really good team, and I think Kyler Murray should like that. But here's another team that I think Kyler Murray would absolutely flourish in, and he would love it because, because, because for one, it's not cold. And number two, we don't know the situation with, their, with this quarterback because he's always hurt. His biggest battle in the NFL is concussions, ladies and gentlemen. I am talking about the Miami Dolphins. Kyler Murray on the Miami Dolphins, and just hear me out, all right? Another situation where you're behind a very good offensive line. We all know the 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 defensive genius that the defensive coordinator is. Um, they, I think they just got Jalen Ramsey over the offseason. If I'm not, I mean, you add a guy like that to Fangio's defense. Uh, Fangio is it's. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive coordinator to ever coach in the NFL, and I truly mean that. I mean in the history of the NFL, he was he's that good. Um, so, like I said, he'll be. It's another situation where, just like the Cowboys, you're you're helped by a great defense, a great offensive line, and then you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on opposite sides. Of it. So, can you just imagine? The headaches that Kyler Murray will cause defense when he's scrambling around in the backfield. You can't get him. And then you got and then you got Jalen Water and Tyreek Hill just running down the field. And you don't know who the hell to cover. And God forbid if it's man-to-man man PC. Good luck. Good luck. Because Kyler Murray's got an arm on him, bro. He can get it out there. And, and Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill is going to be open. One of these guys are going to be open. The fastest wide receivers in the league. I just think that team would be absolutely exciting to watch. This is nothing against Tua, even though I'm not as high on Tua as some people are. I personally think he's extremely overrated. But like I said, he had he's injured every single season. Like I said, three. I need people to remember, this dude had three concussions last year. Before the season was even over, PC. Three concussions. But that's just unheard of. Um, I mean, I'm extremely nervous to see what Tua looks like this year, but... I mean, and, and, and I, if, uh, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is Tua's contract here, correct? If they want to extend him, right?
2: I believe so. I think they declined his 50-year option. Wow.
1: So, yeah, that that tells you a lot about that situation. So, yeah, it's going to be the Cow- Cowboys and the
0: Dolphins to be the two teams that are on Murray's list. Oh, wow. Um, you know what? The, the Dolphins are actually a choice that uh, I wasn't thinking about, but now that I think about it out loud, I think that would be a perfect team for Kyler to play on. Um, let's go with you now, Sean. Who, who, what teams do you have in mind?
2: Dolphins are a very good pick. I did consider them. Just in the case that who gets injured again. If he, I think if he stays healthy, he's going to have a great year, and he's going to get re-signed by the Dolphin. But in the scenario where he does get hurt again, I think the Dolphins will likely wanting, be wanting to move on and will likely be looking for a fresh start. Um... I consider a couple other teams. I think it's going to come down to a team that is bad this year and is looking for a quarterback, but because the Cardinals get Drake uh Cardinals get Caleb Williams, another team probably gets Drake May, and they just like they miss out on the top two QB's. I think plan C will be Kyler Murray. And I could see a couple teams I could see the Buccaneers being in this scenario, I could see the Falcons being in this scenario. But the team I'm gonna go with, go what about the Las Vegas Raiders getting Kyler Murray? I think that would be a great fit. I think Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray in Vegas just feels like that, that would be really cool. I think in those jerseys, he, it would look amazing. Um, you give him possibly Devontae Adams if he's still there, uh, and he can obviously make up for some of the offensive line issues. I don't know if I love it for Kyler's perspective. I do think the Raiders need a lot of work. Uh, hopefully, they can still be able to keep Jacobs and Adams for him. But for the Raiders' point of view, I think... Going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Kyler Murray would be a massive upgrade. You'd get younger, you'd get more talented, you'd get more athletic, you'd be able to skate the pocket more, and just do more in your offense. I think Kyler Murray would really unlock a lot for that team. So I do think the Raiders, if they can't get Caleb Williams and they can't get Drake May, should definitely be in the market for Kyler. Why
1: do you hate me? Like, I don't understand. Like I come on this <laughs> show, I
2: respect you all the time, You know, bro. TK, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in your division isn't enough.
3: I think you also need Kyler Murray there. Yeah,
1: like like I, bro, come on. Like why would you say that?
3: Bro? I just came up without the team. I'm not sure if you guys can what about the New England Patriots for um, Kyler Murray?
1: No offensive I don't like the wide receivers there. The offensive line is weapon. really good, the defense is really good. They just have no they have no playmakers on offense. So I don't like it at all. You're basically you're, thinking, you're basically asking Kyler Murray to be Tom Brady, and Kyler Murray ain't Tom Brady. He's not gonna be able to do what Tom Brady did with those.
0: But, however, I know they would never trade him in the NFC. <laughs> but a team like the Bucks should really look at Kyler as well because they still have Evans, they still have Godwin. Yeah, you know, those are two weapons why, right there. That's I don't they, understand
1: why people think Baker Mayfield isn't gonna do good with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rashad White in the backfield. A really, a pretty good offensive. Because line, he's not good. A Really good defense. Like I don't understand
0: why. I, I'm just I'm just throwing them out there. I I think that that Kyler compared to Baker, I'm taking Kyler. Oh yeah, oh, know, well, yeah. Of course, Baker. Of course, but I'm just saying like, I think we're if Baker does good this year. Which,
1: uh, can we, we can all agree, he's never had weapons like this, right? Like, yeah, he had OBJ and those guys, but he's never oh, well, had. And Jarvis. Yeah, and Jarvis. But he's- and Chubb
2: and Kareem Hunt. Okay. All right. And okay, Austin Cooper okay, okay. and David Njoku. Never mind, never mind. You're
1: right. Mm-hmm. He,
2: he's had weapons. I don't think the weapons have been the problem. But, like,
0: well, I don't yeah. know, Sean. I just think, let's just see. Let's just see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. no, we'll we definitely
2: see. Wait. We got a long season
0: ahead of us. Uh, absolutely, I think we all have to wait and see. You know, Kyler, and one thing is for sure, any star player that's in Arizona, uh, just everything that I've seen, at least so far, with Jonathan Gannon and how he, Jonathan Gannon, really thinks he's that guy for some reason. I just don't understand. It. He's very cringe, man. He's. I, I've seen some of his like,
1: what, you know, like when the guys are in the room and he's like, uh, what is it? What is it called? Team meetings. Like, I've seen this dude in some of the meet team meetings. You got that fire in your gut? Yeah, like, dude, what are you talking?
3: You <laughs> know, he's trying <he's laughs> to with the, dryest, bro, with the driest, like,
1: like bro, tone ever, he bro. Has no enth- no, like, there's no, like, bro, come on. Like, at least make it seem like you're inside. You're excited to be a head coach, bro. He's so boring, dog. Like, I. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that's it's that's not a guy. Idea. That's, not a guy, that's not a guy you run through a wall for, bro.
0: Hmm. Maybe that's a guy that you, uh, do drywall with um anyways um it's time to go to our next segment our third segment here it's time to dive a little bit more deeper into college football because week one is especially in the books see a b talk with sean sean how are you doing today sean you know you're you're our, you're our favorite white boy how are you doing
2: um <laughs> i'm doing great uh, this weekend was amazing. We got some great football. I went on a pretty cool hike. I don't know what that has to do with college football, but I just wanted to mention that. That was, that was very fun. That was fun. Um, yeah, so a very exciting weekend for college football, for life, for everything. I can't wait to get into everything we saw this week.
0: Well, fair enough. Uh, so before I, I get into what I have to say, I just want to dive deeper into uh, Colorado, you know, because mm-hmm. that was Definitely. our first question when we went over, you know, and we talked about, like, the performance that we saw from Shabir, uh, from Travis, and all those guys, all those weapons, Coach Grime, Brungan, you know, almost over 50 new transfers. As he should have. We saw Colorado
2: transfer. last year.
0: Yeah. And he, so and
2: Colorado last year versus Colorado this weekend, I think we saw he made the right decision to kick
0: absolutely. the entire roster to the boot. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so we talked about we saw, we got a glimpse of what this team's potential is, you know, but there's still divide on what this team can actually be and how deep they can actually go. What does success look like for Colorado this year?
2: I think success looks like what we just saw. They beat a rent team. Um no I don't think anyone expected that like they were going to get some wins here and there maybe steal one from Mar- Mar- T, which is what they did but I still think it, was, it came in very surprising and very impressive fashion for Colorado. Um I think putting playoff expectations on them is just unrealistic and unfair to that team. I don't think you go from 1 and 11 to the playoffs and th- that just doesn't happen. Uh so I don't think anyone should be asking them to do that. I don't think anyone should be disappointed if that's not what happened. If they can just do what we've been talking about, seven, eight wins, I think that would be a very successful season. They beat one ranked team. If they can maybe squeak out one more ranked win, great. They've got some pretty tough matchups, Oregon, Utah, USC. I'm not sure if they're going to beat any of those teams. So even if they don't beat another ranked team, I think that's fine. You beat one, handle your business with the unranked teams, the other lower-level Pac-12 schools. If you can just keep doing that, get to your eight wins, that'll be a keep impressing in front of the recruits. Get your next Travis Hunter and the Travis Hunter after that and the Travis Hunter that. There are going to be so many players who want to play for Deion Sanders after what they just saw and after what they will see for the rest of the season. So just keep building, keep improving, keep showing off why why kids are going to want to play for your school and why they can be on the team next year that does have a chance at competing for the playoffs. So, Sean, I got a question for you. So...
1: With this win and everything, um, you know, shout out to the players and shout out to the team. I kind of wanted to speak on Dion for a second. Do you think that this now opens a gate for, and I'll kind of keep it off of just African-American coaches for another day, but just for HBCU coaches, like let's say, because, you know, we talk about Dion all the time, but there are some other really good HBCU coaches that aren't getting the same spotlight as a guy like Dion Sanders. Do you think that it gives coaches like that an opportunity for them to be taken seriously and actually get a
2: shot at getting – these jobs in the FBS? So, first things first, Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. Nobody else is Deion Sanders. We all know. Not even just as a coach, like as a person, as his personality, and of course, his entire playing history. But overall, yeah, I absolutely do think HBCUs, lower schools, uh, they're certainly going to see what happened with Deion Sanders, see how he was able to dominate his conference at a lower level, move on up to a higher level, to the Pac-12, and immediately be able to kick Kick the same amount of butt that he was doing before at Jackson State. So, yes, I do think this absolutely sh- hopefully should open up some more doors for HBCU coaches who are able to dominate at their level but are just never given the chance to see what they can do at a higher level. And as we saw with Dion, if they can come even close to what he did, it'll be very impressive. It'll open up even more doors for the guys after them and the guys after them. And soon, hopefully, we can just have a complete system like we do right now where some college football coaches, you can see going from the top schools to the NFL. We'll have coaches going from HBCUs to the top schools to the NFL. So just start the bloodline a little bit earlier in the system and in the program. I think that would be very helpful to, to schools, to the country, to college football overall.
0: One final word on Colorado. Shadir Sanders had an excellent uh, season-opening game, over 500 uh, passing yards and uh, uh, four touchdowns. That brother is winning on the field, and he's hitting Storm Reed off the field. He's winning on and off the field. Shout out. Shout out to him. Shout out to Storm Reed. All right, anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, let's uh, move on to uh, you know the rest of the games that we saw this uh, this past weekend. Um, of course, there were plenty of um, you know top ranked teams in the top ten uh, that took care of their business. Uh, you know, uh, what in your opinion, Sean, was the biggest surprise from this past weekend? Do it to him, Sean. Biggest surprise. Do it to him. Do it. To, do it to Lee. Do it to Lee.
2: Jitalee and Desi. Um,
0: I was gonna say that I have the biggest disappointment, but, but you could talk about
2: it. Yeah, yeah, and also like I like FSU, so I don't know if I'm gonna say that was the biggest surprise. I'm trying to think, what, what what other big upsets were there? Probably what that just if we're talking upsets, I'm not sure if there was a bigger one than Florida State LSU. Mm. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go a surprise. That's not Florida State LSU. USC kind of disappointed me. They dropped, they weren't 56 to 28. Don't get me wrong, they had a great game. But letting San Jose State score 28 points no. isn't the best sign for a team that has playoff aspirations, for a team that was hoping to possibly go undefeated this season to beat Utah, to beat Oregon. Now they got to worry about Colorado for week 4. Um yeah, so I will say that was the biggest, my probably my biggest surprise of the week that USC didn't win in a more dominating fashion. Offensively, they're fine. We know what Caleb Williams can do. We know what Lincoln all, Riley's offense is going to do to the team. Offense, I have no concerns about them. Defense, their defense was a mess last year. They made some additions this season. Uh, they used the transfer portal and then they just developed guys that either didn't play or were just not as good as they were hoping to be this season. Um, and they, once again, were not great. They still struggle on defense. They still struggle to stop the pass, to stop the run. And that's how you let San Jose State, who shouldn't be dropping more than 15, drop 28. Uh, so, yeah, a little, a little bit of a pointing showing for USC's defense. But that's Lincoln Riley for you. So I'm really not sure if this is going to get fixed, if this is going to get changed. I had them in the college football playoffs. But if they don't get something right on that title ball, I think it's going to be struggle. For them to win the Pac-12, much less make the playoffs, be a top four team in the entire country.
0: And of course, biggest disappointments. I have a couple of contenders in mind, but uh, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about those Tigers. Or yeah, yeah, for sure. Thirty-one this is where I'm going to go... points yeah. allowed in the second half against FSU. And
1: and 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 Sean, it... LSU did not look like. LSU from like they looked uncomfortable the entire game, bro. Like they just did not look like themselves. And and, and I don't want to take anything away from FSU because they went out there and they did the damn thing. They did absolutely what they were supposed to do. They didn't. They didn't take any. They didn't take anything. They went out there. They put their foot on their necks and they got the win. But here's my thing, bro. LSU looked so bad. Why did? It's, how yeah please I have the same question
3: it, it, as well Like, what's and wrong here's my him? thing
1: and I'm not even going to say his name because I, I don't think I think he's overrated is their head coach that bad like I personally I, I think he's over I I, I totally last year I think he's kind of overrated, bro. I, I really do. Like, I don't understand. I mean, then he goes out there with a press conference today and, and completely just blames the players, takes absolutely no accountability. I mean, bro, like, oh wow. yeah, yeah, I mean, didn't yep, see yep, that. Yep. yep, I mean, just wow. it was it was bad. It was, that, okay, that's never. What he said was, "This isn't the team." I forgot exactly what he said, but he basically said something in those terms that this is the team that. He this, threw the players yeah, under the bus to defend his own. This image. isn't the team I thought. This isn't the team I sent out to the play that I thought it was. And it's like, dude, you're the head coach, and you're not supposed to say these things. Um, but I don't know, man. It was, it was bad, man. Just what happened, Sean? What happened? Bro? Yeah.
2: So first off, FSU is a really good team.
3: Yeah.
2: They, I nearly put them child, in the playoff race. Shout out FSU. Shout out my cousin Reese. He goes to FSU. He was at the game, or he might have. He might have been. I think he was at the game. Yeah, he he had a great time. Um, it was a great game for FSU fans, at least. Uh, That team is so good. Jared Verse, one of the best pass rushers in the country. Johnny Wilson, one of the biggest and the best wide receivers in the country. They've got a QB who's been there for a while. He's not he's not the most talented guy. Not doesn't have much of an NFL future, but he's been around card football for so long that he, he knows the game. He knows the ins and the outs and he's just able to be a play at a consistent basis and hit his weapons when they when he needs to. Uh as for LSU, so as you mentioned their head coach Brian Kelly, that's never I, I didn't even see that press conference until now. That is never a good look. But after week one you're throwing your players under the bus. You you just hate to see that. If you're an LSU fan, and even if you're not an LSU fan, you got to feel for the players who, they believed in his coach, they fought for their coach, and he's just out there throwing them under the bus. That, that's a rough look. Um, but really, I think it comes down to two things. And you, you can't win football without a QB and an offensive line. You just QB sometimes in college football, if you have a dominant running game, dominant offensive line, dominant defense, we've seen LSU get away with that before. Um, but this team doesn't have a QB. They don't have an offensive line, and their offense just really struggles. Jared Verse was ripping them to pieces. Uh, an absolute dominant performance by him. Uh, Jaden Daniels—he was disappointing. He had the interception. Um, and like LSU is just—they're back in QB hell. They're back to what we saw they were before Joe Burrow. It was years and years and years of great defense, even great wide receivers, but they just couldn't do anything because of their quarterback play. Then they got Joe Burrow. One one of the greatest football college football seasons of all time won the national championship. Got to Jaden Daniels and they're back to what they were before, just struggling on offense because they can't find the quarterback to hit their weapons to keep the offense on track, and that's what happened again yet yeah, uh this weekend. Jaden Daniels, uh, Lee hyped him up a lot. I remember, I remember the Jaden yeah, Daniels yeah, over yeah. Anthony Richardson yep, takes. Yep, I did not yep, forget those. Yep, yep. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, so until they find a quarterback, until they fix that offensive line, until Brian Kelly gets his head out of his ass and isn't throwing his players under the bus, I don't think LSU is going to be the playoff team that I expected this year. Hey, Sean, season. I'm going to
1: talk about it a little more because, honestly, you just pissed me off with it, literally. This man literally told us Jaden Daniels was better than Anthony Richardson last year. When me when and see, me and Sean literally tried to tell this man how special Anthony Richardson was, just a guy playing on a bad team, was literally the only mm-hmm. thing Florida had going for them last year.
2: But as a Florida fan, I can absolutely and, admit and, that. And,
1: and 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 as a Florida, as a non-Florida fan, I can admit that Anthony Richardson is special. But here's my thing. I was told and, and Sean, you just basically said it when you said Lee overrated him. We were told that Jaden Daniels would be a first round draft rookie oh. I, that's what I wanted. That's my next question. So Lee believes <laughs> that Jaden Daniels is a first round draft pick. Where do you where do you see Jaden Daniels Based on this first game, because honestly, it's a long season. We all understand that. But if you had to go based off the first game, is he a second round, third round, what?
2: So did Lee say that after the game, or this was oh, what this he was saying before? before the
1: and game? I'm pretty sure he, and, before and the game. do okay. know how biased he is. He, knowingly, yeah, he, was, he
2: probably he was still, was still he's like, probably still hasn't changed his mind. Yeah. Uh, no, Jaden Daniels is not a first round pick. Jaden Daniels was never a first round pick. This quarterback class is too deep for him to even be in contention to go that early. And he's just not good enough. Like, you've got Caleb Williams, you've got Drake May, you've got Quinn Ewers, possibly Sanders, but I don't think he's going to come out this season. I think he's going to get it another go, year. You can go ahead. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, even Bo Nix. I mean... What was that?
1: Yeah, ben I was going to say,
2: even Bo Nix, I would take over Jaden so is this the deepest um, quarterback class we may have ever had?
1: Because that's there, there's legit, like, about seven, eight. So the 2018
2: class was pretty special. That was the year Lamar was out, Josh Allen, and even Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. They haven't become much in the league. But then, like, you know, as prospects, at least, they were very deep. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get that level. We still have an entire season to let it play out. I don't like judging quarterbacks or really anybody this early in their final season. uh But certainly Caleb Williams and Drake May. I've seen enough from them, to at least to know that Caleb Williams is special, and Drake May is really good and has the potential to be special. But the other guys, Michael Phoenix, um well, as so I mentioned, Quinn Ewers, Bo they got potential. Sanders, of course, although, like I said, I, I don't think he's going to be in this draft class. I think he's going to defer until 2024. But, yes, this is going to be a very good draft class, and guys like Jaden Daniels are just not going to stick out enough to go anywhere near the first round. You said second round, third round. Day two is possible. If I had to guess, probably he'll end up being a day-two pick. Teams need quarterbacks all the time. Quarterbacks go very early. Um, I'm trying to remember the quarterbacks that went day-two in this draft class. It's blanking my mind. But quarterbacks do go early. They go day-two all the time. I don't think – do we – But really, I would not be surprised if he fell to day-three. I, I don't think Jaden Daniels has much of a future as an NFL quarterback. I just don't see it with him. I don't
1: him. think we had any day-two quarterbacks taking any day.
2: No, the, uh, there had to be a, at least a day-two quarterback. I can't remember the names. But trying to think. Okay. I'll come back to this later if I find
1: And it. then PC, PC but, do you have a question? Because I just got yeah. one more question for, for, for uh,
0: it It's regarding another team, but if you want to continue on with that. All
1: right, you, so just one more question about this, this Sanders and Caleb Williams thing. So any chance that Sanders can take the okay, okay. Trophy away? Oh, well. Okay. See,
2: I, I, I think the, the Heisman one, part I can see. Number one draft it. pick. I, uh, I think Caleb. He did it last year. I, he, I know he's going to do it this year. Caleb, do, Caleb Williams is too dominant. And he's too special. I just can't see anyone overpassing him to be the number one overall pick, even as good as Sanders was yesterday. I don't know if he's going to keep that level of performance up all season. I think that's unrealistic to expect him to go out there every single week putting up 500 yards. And as you said earlier in the show, like he did have a couple of me. Uh, missed deep balls to Travis Hunter. He's still got some things he needs to work on. TCU's defense is amazing. He, we need to see him versus high level of competition. Uh, we've seen Caleb Williams versus a high level of competition. We've seen him still keep up his amazing level of play. So, no, I don't think number one overall pick expectations are very realistic. Uh, Heisman, though. Heisman I could see just because his, the la- I, certainly the last name is going to help um he's he has the hype he has the personality he has the promotion he has the school that everybody's rooting to see succeed you just can't help yourself but to root for colorado unless you're lee of course who's just a massive hater um i think he will absolutely be in the heisman race as well as teammate travis hunter i think this is going to be a very fun season to watch see how heisman figures itself out but i guess it's caleb williams last season Sanders will probably still have another year. Maybe next year will be a year to win the Heisman. I do think it will still be Caleb for the Heisman and for the number one overall pick. But when it comes to Heisman, I would not be surprised to see Sanders give him some tough competition to win that.
0: I don't know. Um, just one more team that I wanted to point out for biggest disappointment. I know that they won this past weekend, uh, but Ohio State took out Indiana 20-3. 20-3! 20-3! I, 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 like it speaks to to the standard that we keep Ohio State at, but only putting up twenty points. Twenty-three to three. Oh, but sorry. not much better. Yeah, not much. Not much better. Honestly, it, it's um, it's uh, definitely like concerning. You know, especially for a team like Ohio State, even for a team like Alabama. You know, we talked about, you know, before this season, you know, their QB situation, how shaky it is. Um, Just a a few teams that uh, I had my biggest disappointment. Um, But one last final question. Uh, The highlight primetime game for week two is going to be ranked Texas taking on ranked Alabama. Uh, it was a good transition. Um, so what do you expect to see in this game? Who do you have winning?
2: So last season, we got the same matchup, Texas versus Alabama. And Quinn Ewers went down in that game. But before that, Texas was really handing it to them and really had a great chance of winning, coming away with a win against Alabama. So you know what? You know, Qu- Quinn Ewers is healthy. I didn't see Texas' game this week. I don't even know who they played, honestly. But I, I'd have to imagine that they, they played well. Rice. They played Rice. Um, Quinn Ewers seems to have, have 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 had a good game. Three touchdowns, 19 for 26. I think Quinn Ewers is a very good quarterback. I think he's going to be in the race for, to be a first-round pick. I would be very surprised if he isn't at that level by the end of the season. I'm a big fan of his. Alabama doesn't have Bryce Young. Texas does hopefully have a fully healthy um, Quinn Ewers. I'm going to go – I'm gonna go Texas. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them this win. They nearly did it. They nearly pulled it off last season. Both teams are in different situations than they were last season. Um, Texas, Texas, though, also I'd be wrong to not mention they did lose Bijan Robinson, their best player. So Bijan Robinson was also a big reason why they were in that game. So maybe it's my Alabama hate. Not the biggest fan of them, but losing Bijan, losing Bryce Young, otherwise very similar situations. I'm going to go with Texas on this one. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be very close. Alabama's not washed. They're not terrible. They're still a very good team. They just don't have a quarterback, and I do think that's going to come back to bite them.
0: All right. Uh, That game is going to be 7 o'clock ESC time on ESPN, Um, along with a stacked week two. Long college football season. Uh, I have a thank you. Or CFB Talk Sean for this week. We'll definitely uh, be back with you next week. Uh, but now it's time to head into our hot takes. So um, we'll go We'll go with, uh, we'll stick with you, Sean, actually, for hot oh, takes first. Okay. Uh, uh, what do you have?
2: Hey, so I wasn't really the most prepared for this.
3: Um, um, can't
0: make you look bad.
2: Can't make you look bad? All right, all right, all right. Um, let's see. Well, what do I see as a hot take? Okay, I have a hot take. And I'm glad somebody isn't here for it. The Baltimore Ravens, I think, are a really good team. Uh, that's not my hot take. That, that's just an obvious statement. But I, uh, my hot take, I'm very glad is not here for this. I can see the Ravens being the number one seed in the AFC. Possibly even the best record in the NFL. That team is really good. They've made improvements in all of their weak spots, which, as we know, was mostly wide receiver. That wide receiver room last year was absolutely void. What do they do? They add Zay Flowers in the draft. They sign Odell Beckham to a decent-sized contract. And hopefully they're getting Rashad Bateman back healthy. Can't really rely on that. And that's really what my biggest fear for this team, injuries. Lamar Jackson injury prone, Rashard Bateman injury prone, Mark Andrews dealt with some injuries. I could very see, very easily see a scenario where the Ravens they still have the same amount of injuries, they still can't stay their can't keep their top guys on the field, and because of that, they just come up short. They don't even win the division. That would go to the Bengals and possibly even miss the playoffs. I, I could very realistically see that. However, if they stay healthy, if Lamar is there for the entire season, if Mark Andrews is there for the entire season, if Odell and Bateman can stay on the field, I think this is a very dangerous team. And as we talked about with the Chiefs and TK's hot take, he has them losing week one. They won't have Chris Jones for at least a couple weeks, it seems like. Possibly, who knows, maybe the half a season. Uh, the Chiefs could be in some trouble if Chris Jones does not return soon. Just pay the man. He's worth it. He was probably the best offensive tackle in the league last season. Chris Jones deserves to get paid. Give him the money he deserves. Um, yeah, so if that happened, if the Bengals are just come up a little bit short, uh, I could absolutely see the Ravens winning the division and getting the number one seed in the entire AFC.
0: I'll, I'll take. I'm, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm kind of glad Tolo's not here because oh, yeah. there would be another Tim A. rant about these Ravens. Absolutely. I'm glad Tola wasn't here to hear. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't think uh, my brain is, uh, you know, wants to do that on this Labor Day. All right, uh, Gianni, let's go with you. six.
3: My hot take is about the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they they have like an 0-17 run all over them. But it's not going to be just that they're going to become 0-17. I feel like all these games that they're going to play this season, I just don't see them being competitive at all. So for my hot take is not only they're going to go 0-17, but they're going to lose an average of by 25 points each game. That That's my hot take. That They're going to lose by average of 25 points. They're going to go 0-17. This team is just awful. Joshua Dobbs is their quarterback. So, honestly, that, that just tells me everything, honestly. That Dobbs is going to be horrible. I don't even know what, like – their defense, I think they have some guys that might get treated in the deadline. But just this team is just awful. John, Jonathan Gannon, I don't think he's going to survive after the season. I agree with you, PC. I think you said it last week, and I think you said it today as well. I don't think he's going to survive this season.
0: I mean, I, I don't have getting, uh being on this team after this year. Uh, 0-17, though, that's... That's pretty hard to do. Like, even for a tanking team, that's pretty hard to do. And Joshua Dobbs, for as much as we've been giving him this episode, he's no scrub. I mean, you know, we all saw him. He We, we all saw him in the season finale for the Titans <laughs> last Yes, season. he is. All right. You know, he, he, he made that game competitive for the Jaguars. All right. So he's not completely dog water. Okay. You know, obviously, he's capable enough of being a starter in the NFL, you know, so. <sighs> I have them at least winning one game. Like, I I don't think what? they're going to go winless this year. You know, I do think they're going to get blown out in a lot of the games. But I, I at least, like I said, it's very hard to go winless in the NFL.
2: I'm with you, PC, especially because Kyler Murray could possibly return later in the season.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I really think expecting 0-17 is a little bit crazy. But they'll certainly be in the race for their number one overall pick.
0: Yeah, I do think they're going to end up with the first pick. It's just uh, winless is... That's hard to do. Like, it's really hard to do, even for a taking team.
1: <clears> I just want the listeners to realize this man PCC.
0: No, like no. Is I said, I said that he's doing well team. enough to so at least at consider being a star in the NFL. Even then, he's not, he's not the official star of the team. He's the backup. Oh,
1: man. He's, oh, God, Joshua Dodge is so bad tennessee alumni you know i'm pretty sure john's going to be happy here and he's going to get her to rock soft this week to that but um so yeah um i'm going to stay with colorado for my hot take bro that color the colorado buffaloes they're going to beat every single ranked team on the schedule this year so that means that i believe that they'll beat oregon i believe that they'll beat usc and i believe that they'll beat utah I don't know. I, I'm not saying that they're going to run the table because after after those three teams, I mean, there, there's like an Arizona in there, Oregon State. Uh, I think I saw like a Nevada in there. They have some games that they could, that I can definitely see them going out there and win. But um, I don't want to say I think they can run the table, but I do think that they'll be the, they're, they're going to beat the ranked teams on the schedule this year, bro. Honestly, I don't think that I don't think I don't agree with Sean. I don't think they're two years away, like he said. I think that the time for them is right now. I think they're going to continue to shock people week after week, and I cannot wait until that September thirtieth match versus USC and Caleb Williams, bro. It is going to be must-see TV. Sanders versus Williams. I believe that that's going to be the game that conceals who's that that basically determines who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Because you're gonna have both of the guys going one on one against each other, and I believe that after that game, they're gonna continue to look like the superstars that they are. But I think that game, that September 30th game, is gonna determine who will be our Heisman Trophy winner. And also, PCI, I feel like we're kind of and Sean, I feel like we're kind of being disrespectful. We can't sleep on tra- Travis Hunter for, bit, for winning uh, the, tra- the Heisman Trophy as well, bro. I mean, that dude could easily win the, the the Heisman Trophy, bro. Especially, I mean, you're talking about a dude that's playing defense and offense at an extremely high level. Something that we have not seen since Champ Bailey and uh, I forgot the other cornerback that you... Is PC frozen? He might be frozen. Is PC frozen for you guys or is it just me? Anyways,
2: oh, that gosh. hot take, TK. I know you can't see it because I turned my camera off. My oh, jaw no. dropped when you said that. I think you're taking things way too fast <laughs> and going completely off the handle. Oh, I love this Colorado team. God, I'm rooting for them know. so much. But thinking they're I mean, going to beat USC, Utah, and Oregon is absolutely insane to me. Yes. Is it? Is it I mean, really?
1: It's possible. With that
2: defense? Anything's.
1: Anything's. That's what I'm saying. Colorado the offense is going to have, have to at it, of I, don't,
3: problems, bro. I don't see them being like. Maybe they beat Oregon, maybe, but USC... I think they lose to USC in Utah.
0: For my hot take this week, it's going to be a little bit of synergy with We Ate Sports, and We Ate More Sports. Um, it is about wrestling. It's about WWE, and it's about AEW. Um, so CM Punk recently was terminated by AEW for his antics um for what he has done uh for almost physically assaulting tony khan uh at all in in london uh and of course you know there's been a lot of discourse about it uh but I, i do think that um the firing was justified and that cm punk uh i think he needs some time away you know, because when you've been treated like a wrestling god for the last almost decade now, you you act like one, and he was coddled and coddled, and um, it finally it finally caught up with Tony, and he had to do something. He had to fire CM Punk. That's great and all. Uh, me, personally, I do not want to see him in WWE. But here's the problem. I think a lot of people do. And one thing I can't deny is that CM Punk is a needle mover. That is why I think... CM Punk is going to end up back in WWE in time for WrestleMania 40 in Philly this year. And, yep, and AEW oh, the exchange no. is going to get the Radar Superstar Edge, who's set to sign with AEW because his contract with WWE is almost, well, it is about to expire. So they essentially just swap Old veteran wrestlers that everybody loves. Well, not that everybody loves, but, you know, you get the idea. CM Punk, essentially, it's a trade. CM Punk for Edge. Um, And I think that it benefits both companies really well. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel. Again, I I personally don't want to see it or don't need to see CM Punk in WWE. I think he just needs to go and get some help. But he is a needle mover. He is a needle mover, and I can't deny that part. So, that's how I feel about it. Alright. Man.
1: See, I thought you were going to say CM Punk will get traded to the WWE, no. and then oh, I was going to take like no. Roman Reigns' belts,
0: so that's not you're going to say something crazy like that. No. Yeah, yeah PC. That's CM Punk
1: is you not the, the guy to be thrown
0: around. That does not need to happen. Um... <laughs> all right let's get to yeah, the other uh, episode man uh episode 139 Ooh, excuse me it's in the books um i want to thank everyone for coming out this week that made it to the episode uh like i said go and check out our youtube channel um where we'll be posting week one of uh blocks and shocks this year uh it's uh, gonna be ultra competitive and a whole lot on the line and we're all representing uh something for the great good something that we all uh, have like a deep personal connection to so uh, definitely check out locks and shocks this year um, go and follow the rest of our socials our twitter and instagram at Us underscore podcast and our tiktok app we hate sports call up one check up on them, tell them that you love them uh, stay tuned for episode 10 of we hate more sports i said that i had a big announcement for this and barring any setbacks it's supposed to happen last week but i do have an interview lined up with someone who has been on the podcast before with someone who is a rising star in the wrestling business yes i'm talking about my good pal christian rocco i have an interview set up with him this wednesday and i'll take up the entirety of episode 10. uh and yeah a lot he's, he's he's approved a lot in uh in uh you know the past like year i want to give away everything um, at least not to y'all I'll probably tell y'all after recording son uh, but yeah like it's legit legit it's pretty cool see how much he's improved in uh, a little over a year so definitely stay tuned for that uh, definitely check out that interview when it drops in the episode when it drops um, I guess I got nothing else to say I hope you all enjoyed your Labor Day weekend um, yeah I got nothing else to say okay That's nice. We'll see you on episode episode 140. (laughs) CK Seabless is back next week officially. NFL is back this week though. Strap in. Get your popcorn ready. Where's T.O.? I've been T.K. I've been T.K. Yeah, I've been T.K. That guy right there has been PC. That's been Sean. That's been Gianni. Gob the deep end. All right. Goodbye. (laughs)